Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Lila McRae is with me like usual. And let's go ahead and look at this week in the Yak Sports Podcast. Um, some high school news breaking late. Uh, and throughout the day, Harrisonburg City is opting out of winter sports. Rockbridge County has uh, put athletic activities currently on hold, I believe is how they're statement was phrased and now Rockingham County is also putting things on hold for now. Uh, and so that basically annihilates the entire Valley district except Waynesboro. Um, and maybe Rockbridge if they decide to try to play, but, uh, Henrico announced that they're done too. So that's not great. Um, but the reason they're doing that is because the cases continue to rise in the state of Virginia And again, in the middle of a pandemic, safety is paramount. And unlike the NFL, which we'll get to in a second, when the VHSL says the safety of our student athletes is our prime concern, I actually believe them. Uh, Unlike the NCAA and the NFL, where I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, The VHSL is, and these school districts in particular are doing this. And right, the VHSL is going to have a decision to make because at what point do do you look at the number of school districts and the number of schools in those school districts that are opting out and then say, okay, well, doesn't really make sense to have this now. Um, But when, when Harrisonburg opts out on winter sports, I know there's going to be a lot of people in Harrisonburg that are upset by that. And in Henrico County as well. And the other counties that have already announced that they're not having winter sports, but they have to understand this is coming from, it's not safe in the community and people don't seem to get that. So when people are ignoring health protocols, not wearing masks, not staying socially distant, continuing to do whatever they want, whenever they want, there are consequences. And unfortunately, that means these high school seniors or high school athletes, regardless of what year they are, are going to lose another opportunity at playing. Uh, For the winter athletes, this is the first time around, but spring athletes, it would happen. If it continues, it would be a second time for them uh, where they're not going to get sports. Uh, and that's mainly because people just aren't listening. And I guess we, I feel like we do this every week. So my message this week is, um, I, I don't know for all these people that keep saying they're fighting for their kids or whatever. I just hope they're also wearing masks and socially distancing, because if not the story we're going to be telling, you know, kids and grandkids about this time in our lives is, to have high school sports, all we had to do was wear a mask, and we couldn't do it. Like, we couldn't do it. We couldn't bring ourselves to that simple task to wear a mask, to keep COVID, the number of COVID cases down, to try to have high school sports. So for all the people that wanted us to be like West Virginia, well, now we're apparently like West Virginia because a lot of these school districts are saying in these statements, our county is in the red right now. And so we've got a color code, and they want to be in the orange to have sports right now, basically, unless you're in Albemarle County or some counties in the South, Southern, very bottom of the state, you're in the red. So it's not looking great. In fact, Augusta, Waynesboro, Stanton, all in the red uh, for, for most of our listeners. So if Augusta, Stanton and Waynesboro start looking at this, it's not great news for them. Uh, to be fair, we haven't heard anything out of those school districts, but Leland, I'll let you jump in here finally uh, and start talking <laughs> in this episode so I can shut up a little bit. But 
and you can put your two cents in. But again, I just, to me, the number of school districts that are saying we're going to put a pause or we're opting out makes you wonder what the VHSL's move is. And again, just beating our head against a wall here to get these people to understand this is health and safety oriented, not we're trying to attack you and your kids oriented. Yeah. I mean, and the first thing I look at because I, I get drawn into that a lot quicker than sports brings me in is that the schools in Augusta County has just kind of been the rumor going into Thanksgiving break that, Hey, you know, Augusta County might pull the plug on in-person learning. And it goes back to the question of how do you still have in-person sports if you don't have in-person learning? So I, I've just kind of been waiting for the ball to drop there and figured that it would just take the, you know, the, the academic side would take care of the sports side there that hasn't happened. And, and it's good for the, for those that, you know, need their kids in the school building for them to get a good education. And, um, you know, relatively things have gone somewhat well with the, with Augusta County. I mean, the numbers are increasing just like the whole County, but you haven't seen mass crazy outbreaks at any specific school, but the numbers are going up, you know, when we, where we were seeing one or two or, you know, six across the whole County. Now we're seeing, you know, six at that school, six at another, you know, and, and so you just have to wonder where that line is drawn. And like I said, I thought that was just going to draw over to sports. Um, I don't have anything to argue with on everything you said. That's why I stayed out of the way there because you weren't saying lies. I Carrie keys tweeted on Monday night here and uh, just a very basic, straightforward statement of, Hey, I'm not being political. I, I just need you to wear a mask so these kids can play basketball. And it comes back to the point of the priority here is the kids playing. It's not the parents, you know, the fans coming to the game. It's not even really the parents watching the kids. It's the, the priority is the kids playing what it, how, whatever it takes for them to have that experience. You think you'd be all in and you think you'd encourage others to be all into, because it's not just the parents of the kids that need to be wearing the mask. It's everybody. And, and it's, and it, the reason for that is also spreads way further than just sports happening. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, you didn't say anything wrong. It just does feel like we're on the doorstep of this crumbling down. I, I, I think I said this yeah. a week ago, it just feels like we're back in March where like, what's going on, <laughs> you know, it's getting worse. What's happening. You know, we know a little bit more than we knew in March slightly, but it's actually getting, it's a lot worse than it was in March. Like everything that got canceled in March, everything that got canceled, you know, for sure for the rest of the season in May. And then everything that got postponed in August were based off numbers and decisions and predicaments that are not as bad as what we're dealing with now. It is worse now than then. So it should not be a surprise if, when this gets canceled, like, or it gets postponed, you know, punted a lot further. I, it's going to be a shame when that happens. Cause it, I, I don't know what Rockingham County ha- thinks how this is going to go. Like Harrisonburg says, we're not doing winter done. Uh, Rockingham with the approach of we're putting it on pause right now. You can only pause what a week <laughs> or a week. Well, or two, yeah, they said they want to see if cases go things. down. Yeah, they want to see if cases go down. Cases, their practices are still happening, just not contact and athletic events. So they're still allowing see, them to have non-contact yeah, practice. Over at Rockbridge, where nothing's happening, they're not yeah. practicing or nothing right now. They're not weightlifting for football right now. Like, they're doing nothing. Harrisonburg's already pulled out. Henrico pulling out. Like, um, and there's been other localities closer to here than that, than even that. So. It's just, it just feels like we're at that point. It's a shame. Like you hate to see it, 
but the facts are there. Like you, you, it's hard to be surprised about it. It's hard to, to think, argue it when this same decision has been made already based on better statistics. The statistics have gotten worse. Here we are. So I, well, I mean, this and- podcast is based on covering local sports and high school sports is primarily what we talk about. So it stinks that we won't like probably won't have that to talk about. Haven't had it for a long time, but it's not surprising and you just hope things can get turned around eventually. Well, and again, I just, I hope the people that are so militant about this on social media are just as militant when they walk in the grocery store or to a gas station or wherever and see other people not wearing masks because the the common theme is what is it going to take for us to be able to play high school sports? Well, they're telling you, they're telling you what it's going to take. You're just not listening. It's not them not telling you it's you not listening is the problem. Everybody, I mean, leaders from all different sides of the political spectrum, but also sports uh, fame and coaches and owners and league commissioners, they've all said it. At some point or another, they've said it. So, I, yeah, it's not listening it is really the, the biggest problem. Let's talk about college basketball there, Leland, because there were some big games this weekend. <laughs> um, I want to go in chronological order, if you will allow me to. So if I get to talk, yeah, that'll be good. First games, UVA, <laughs> they take down Towson, uh, beating a CAA team in what was an absolutely mind-crushing game for Towson, I'm sure. Kind of as expected, though, and we saw UVA get out to a big lead and whoop them. And um, Towson is having all kinds of COVID problems now, so UVA's pr- probably pretty happy that they got that game fit in there. Happy days for Towson. Uh, Radford opened up against Virginia Tech. It was a game where Virginia Tech started off slow, but the Hokies pull away and win 77-62. to Radford celebrates that by losing to JMU later in the week, which yep. dicey situation there in Radford. But the Hokies, the Hokies versus Radford, it, it was poor shooting in the first half, mm-hmm. great shooting in the second half, and it just evened out to, to probably the kind of win at the time you were expecting. Like, all right, we beat Radford by 15. That's probably right. You know, it kind of evened out on the game. So I didn't do Black Friday shopping, so instead I got to watch UVA play San Francisco in Bubbleville, and the Dons donned a victory on the Hoos. I kept seeing 8-0 run to take the lead and close out the game. That was not what closed out the game. And 8-0 run gave them like a seven-point lead, and then UVA almost came back. Uh, they end up losing 61-60 to to the University of San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference. Uh, good for San Francisco. I yeah, loved it. Um, does this mean UVA is a joke and doesn't belong in the top 25? No. As much as I would like that to be what can it we, is. Can we just say it? Can we just pretend it? <laughs> as much as I want it to be, they're going to be fine. Um, yeah. But, Things but happen. yeah, you get upset. Like occasionally. UNC is like, I feel like UNC is always that like a uh, blue blood team that like has this happen to him. It seems like UNC loses to like these bad teams in December. And then they're still somewhere deep in the postseason. Like, yeah, this isn't the end of the world for UVA. Now, let's get to the game that really piqued my interest in college basketball so far this season. Virginia Tech had a game scheduled with Temple. Temple had COVID issues, scrambling to find an opponent. And I got this notification like 1.45 in the morning, uh, I guess Friday morning, technically Thanksgiving night, depending on how you treat the wee hours of the morning, officially Friday morning. So they were going to play number three, Villanova. I was like, okay, well, you know what? We'll get to see what we got. 
because that's going to be a tough game. And Virginia Tech hung with them every step of the way there in the first half. They started to fade in the second half, and I was like, uh, you know, respectable. I'm not going to get mad. They hung with them for about, uh, you know, one half and part of the second half before they started to fade. Well, then, coming out of a timeout, Mike Young gave his team the secret stuff from Space Jam, and the Hokies started to, you know, make some shots again. They played great defense down the stretch, had a lead, had an iffy call. I still think the Villanova guy was moving along the baseline, but whatever. We don't get the call. Villanova makes two free throws to tie it. We go into overtime, and we just, we just the, dominate the, the, them in overtime. We dominate yeah. them in overtime and take down number three Villanova. And then, unlike last year when we knocked off number three Michigan State and then followed up by losing the next two games in Maui, we go out and we handle South Florida and the Bulls last night. The Hokies are 3-0. and They come in. Now they're number 16. I'll let you go back to Villanova now. Uh, but I just wanted to say, I am so pumped with Mike Young and Dem Boys. Yeah, it's it was awesome. And Villanova, I was, I was distracted during the game, but aware of it the whole time uh, with some Thanksgiving activity, and then, uh, but aware of it, following the score, seeing seeing you know a couple minute sections. Uh, it was on in the same room as me the whole time, and then obviously the end focus right on it. The call being iffy, I. I don't know. I can easily see that. I I see that more as the correct call than the wrong call. Just the way it went down seemed really weird. Like you think in a big stadium full of people and screaming and yelling and people on everything, you know, you would have some confusion. This was dead silent and everybody should hear everything. And there was confusion on who called what and who pointed where and like, were they reviewing it or where they were not reviewing it? And it just, it, it just didn't on TV, especially didn't come off well. And it's like, what the heck? All of a sudden they, they're shooting free throws. What are we doing? Like, come on. Um, but yeah, the fact that we should be rattled. I, you know, I kind of made the comment. That was our best chance to win. I was wrong. We dominated in halftime. People talk about us, you know, going to halftime or going to overtime and hanging on for the win. We, we crushed them in overtime. We, we took off great sign there for coach Yon to get their heads right immediately and get them back to playing. It almost looked like Villanova who have Jay Wright, who is a great coach. We're not, we're mm-hmm. not debating that they national championship consistently good. Our kids heads were back in that game sooner than their kids. So that's awesome. And then, then the fact that you said we lost, we beat Michigan state last year, then lost to Dayton who was a good team and then BYU. Okay. Not, but losing yeah. those two games. And, and then we lost to Duke right after that. So it was three in a row, but, um, to come back and just dominate a game the next night is just absolutely great. You could just see how it's great coaching. And that that's what I kind of like about this whole, you know, good feelings that we're getting today with the, with the high ranking we're 15 or 16th in the nation. Um, Buzz only ever, I mean, he got us up to ninth at a peak, but we had a preseason 15 one year. So we're kind of sitting in as good a spot as we ever sat with buzz uh, before that it was 1995 since we've been anywhere up here. I, I like how with the high ranking and everything else that's going on, it seems like coach Young's get a lot of the credit. I really like that. I think he deserves it. You know, you talk about all these coaches, whether across the nation or down the hall from him that blame COVID for the issues that they're having. Here's coach Young with the same issues everybody else is having. And he has his team playing really well with a bunch of transfer kids with kids that have not played in castle Coliseum until they played against Radford the other week. And then other kids that haven't, you know, played on the same court as these other guys in real game action yet here they are playing really well together and really fitting together. Well, 
I like our pieces. I like I like our big guys that uh, I'm not used to having. We have some six nine guys, and usually our six nine guys have weird names and see the court for five minutes somewhere in the second early second half. You know, it's just these backup guys. We have guys playing big minutes with big bodies, and it's nice. And you know, they're getting drawn out. They're they're part of the new shooters. You know, sh- the new big guys that can shoot well from outside, but it's nice to have those guys banging around there for rebounds. Cause not every team in the ACC has big bodies. So like we were going to use this to our advantage at some point. So that's, that's gotta be nice. Yeah. Um, and then also the fact that we don't have Jalen Cohn in there. We just had one of our, our bigger yeah. wins, you know, not, not biggest win, but like a really big win for our program. And we don't have probably our best player, uh, you know, one of our best shooters, definitely a, com- a leader coming back for the team. Uh, it's great. And, you know, he's involved on the sidelines and, and a big part of the team, but him not on the court means something. And so I, I was really excited that we're playing so well, even without him. And I just expect him to fit right back in and, and keep rolling and, and win a lot more games, win all the games. No, but I think we can win a lot of games this year. Yeah. I mean, I here's the thing. And you and I talked about this in private before we recorded this tonight. Do I think we're the 16th best team in the country? No. Do I think we're better than the uh, preseason 11th ranked team in the ACC? Yes. And you and I both felt that way coming into this season. Mike Young is a good coach. And and look, here's the other thing I loved in his post-game presser. He took the blame for his kid not knowing how to miss that free throw properly. And then on the follow-up on the inbound, he didn't blame the officiating like I wanted to. He said, look, my kids weren't ready for that situation. They weren't aware of that possibility. That's on me. That is so refreshing to hear a coach say that and not try to make it about, you know, oh, these kids aren't good enough and they just didn't have their head in the game and blah, blah. This is their fault. Uh, Not going to mention he who shall not be named this week, but it's so nice to hear a coach in maroon and orange be able to say that. And and his team won. Especially about a specific thing. Yeah, and his team won. And so... Uh, yeah, I'm really but confident. But even if they lost, what, he, he yeah. would have said the same Oh, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. But I, yeah, I'm like, confident in Mike Young's ability to build this program. I don't think it's a question now if you give him enough time. I think he's earned enough time because here's the other difference with he and the coach who shall not be named. The fan base loves him. They absolutely love Mike Young. And you know why that is? Because Virginia Tech basketball is 4-2 and two against top three teams in their last uh, six matchups. More than that. We More could than that. never dream of that on a, in a different sport that we're allegedly that school, that sports school. But yeah. here's the other thing. He connects with the fans. He wants yeah, them exactly. engaged. He talks to them. He likes talking to the fans. He wants to be a personality. He makes himself available. It's crazy post- how when you do that, fans just generally love you and are willing to give you some time. Last year was not a great year for Virginia Tech basketball outside of that Michigan State win. We got drummed a lot and by some bad teams. But you know what? People were patient. They're like, you know what? Let's see what happens. And now we're seeing what that's like. This guy has a plan. He He's also a good coach, and that helps him. But he he has a plan, and we're moving forward. And I feel Virginia Tech basketball is going in a positive direction versus another sport that is not. Yep. 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 Yeah. He connects with them. And that that's a great point. And, uh, you know, him eating popcorn pregame is like become a thing. And, uh, you know, the surfing videos from Hawaii last year that get used (laughs) and the postgame interviews with, with Barber and the guys. And he's like, all right, you got any more questions? All right. I'm gonna get a cold one who, you know, who wants to go to get a beer with me? You know, like 
And even if he's purely joking, like he's probably not walking down the hall really going to drink a beer with those guys. But like just that kind of, you know, letting the people in, joking around, not being so serious, even though he's taking things serious. You know, it's it, he, he wants to win. He's putting in the hard work and he's, you know, having a smile in between. It's it's nice. I, I agree. The wins help you like him, but I, we were, yeah, like you, you said last year, wasn't great. we were 16 and 16 last year. I love the guy. And there was 16 and six years with Seth Greenberg or close to it. We're like, what's going on here? We're not getting good enough. Really. You know, and he's so, he was so unlikable yeah. was a big part of it. Yeah. This guy's so likable and so nice. Uh, I'm not saying buzz. Was it? I, buzz was just a weird dude. So he just kind of yeah, took everything a, different personality. a little bit different. And he yeah. didn't let the um, media in. But he still had a lot of personality to the fans. He still yes. displayed that and had that connection. He was just he was just gruff with the media specifically, but still allowed there to be a lot of um, a lot of him out there. And he he was always getting those gigs on CBS to uh, you know cover the tournament after we got knocked out or if we didn't make it. And uh, so he had a lot of opportunity for that. I I like Kochian, and I think um, I'm you know ready to extend him whenever he wants. This does seem like a guy that's going to stick around. This doesn't seem like a, this is a stepping stone. He's not on his way to the NBA. This is latter part of his career. He's from this area. He really talked about that when he was getting hired. So I'm not that worried about losing him, but I I'd love for him to be so good that I am worried about it. Cause like get, get us to, you know, competing in the ACC year in year out. That's what I want. Do I want, to be Duke, sure, that'd be great. But I just want to be like a top four ACC team, like every single year. Like, you know, maybe one year we're kind of second or third because we've been there before. We've been there with Buzz. We've been there with Seth Greenberg. We we rose to those kind of levels where we're like a two seed going into the ACC tournament and then lose before we should. Like, we've been a top four seed. I just want to kind of be in that kind of spot every single year. So I, I think he can do it. And, and the, te- the players he's bringing in does that. I'll take being a top six team in the ACC every year. I think sure, I'll, I'll be sure. realistic. I mean, I, top four is a bit lofty, I think. But you mentioning where What's he grew UVA up. doing right now? What are they a year in a year out? Hmm. Let's like get a to top a top four ACC team. Okay, get us to a final four, and I'm willing to talk top four year in year out. But well, that's the direction I want to head, man. Okay, I, I'm just trying to be realistic. I mean, you're we beat Villanova, and it feels like you're ready to go to Mars. And I'm like, uh, let's just get to the moon first. Uh, but uh, for me, I, I think you talking about where he grew up is the key. Uh, he grew up in Radford. I think this guy's a lifer. And that's awesome for Virginia Tech basketball. Because Buzz Williams was never going to be a lifer. It was great to have him. I think a lot of credit does go to Buzz Williams for handing a program that wasn't a total tire fire to Mike Young. And Mike yeah, Young... This wasn't Jamie Johnson, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I. I would be worried if Mike Young could fix that. Um, but he didn't have to. He just had to fix a program that had a bunch of people transfer after Buzz Williams dip set in the middle of the night, basically. Which, I don't have any ill will. I know that kind of sounds like I have ill will, but I don't. Um, but he's also got my trust that, like, he's brought in these Wolford kids that, like, Wofford. okay, do we want Wolford players on our Wofford. team? They're, like, they're good. Like, <laughs> look at... Uh, the Alma kid, he's uh, ACC well, year, player of the week. That year, Virginia Tech fans were like worried and freaking out. I'm like, you realize they beat Kentucky? Yeah. We could never. We 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 played Kentucky tight against with Buzz Williams one year. Like, Did we win? A couple years ago. No, but we okay. were right there. 
my point. Could never. Could never. I like when you said could never. I I disagree. We've beat with uh, that. We've won. Okay, but here's the other thing, teams. though. We've won here's the other thing, games. though. Like I think we could beat Kentucky. All right, but here's the other thing. We're an ACC school, right? If we had, if we were playing in the Southern Conference, like Wofford, we could never. I'm sorry. If we were recruiting the same, like, like that the universe to say we could never like I, I, Virginia Tech fans that pooped themselves, we, Virginia Tech fans can. that pooped themselves when we hired Mike Young and be like, this guy's not ready for the ACC. Yeah, I'm like, OK, like uh, those are the ones that like, OK, they're wrong. The The fans who have expressed concern over another sport and have been right. And now people want to hop on the bandwagon late and then. And then tell all the other people that were, you know, showing them the light years ago, you're not true fans or whatever. Um, yeah, they can shut the hell up. But I'm very happy for basketball season. I think basketball season is going to be a great stress relief for Virginia Tech fans. They should just embrace it and just don't even worry about the rest of the Saturdays unless it's a basketball game night because there's going to be no joy. Only pain. I don't think we have any of those basketball games on Saturday. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got Thursday versus VMI on ACC Network. And then next week, about the time the podcast comes out, we'll be playing Penn State in the Big Ten Challenge Ooh. at 9 p.m. on ESPNU. So I'm looking forward to those. UVA has a couple games this week. Uh, Tuesday, probably after this podcast gets posted, against SFPA. St. Francis, I'm, Pennsylvania. There you go. It's where their and wide then, receiver came from. You know, the one that uh, we've heard so much about this year. Oh, wait, we haven't. Uh, who called that, by the way? Was that me? I think it was. Is he the kid at JMU? No, he's the kid who couldn't beat JMU, and then I was supposed to poop my pants that we lost out on him to UVA in the portal. I was right about that. That kid was not going to – he they, would they not help us. played with quarterback number 38. I, I'm, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> I was right. He's not good. I was right. Great, Great job. How's Roy Williams doing? Um, then Oof. we got Kent, Coaching UVA's for his life. State on Friday night. You can't tell ACC me he wasn't – you can't tell me he wasn't scared when UNLV had a lead, 13 zip lead on him tonight. He saw the paper, he saw the headlines. Coach can during didn't COVID like score again. <laughs> he saw he saw the headline. He saw the headlines. Coach in trouble. My quick note there about UVA basketball is your all your games this week are on ACC Network. So have fun with that. Next Wednesday you that got sucks. Michigan State uh, on ESPN. One of those prime games. So that'll be good. Right. I will say, for UVA basketball fans, that sucks. UVA football, your team's garbage. Don't worry about it. Basketball, that sucks. You actually have a legit good team. I'm sure if, you know, I would want to watch them if I was a UVA fan. That sucks. I like, I watch my team all the time, but that's fine. College football. Hokies did not lose this weekend. It was feeling great about it, but then we lost some players today. Quincy, yeah. Quincy <laughs> Patterson. Uh, transfer portal. We knew like on Thursday, we get this ominous tweet that says Virginia tech is going to have some guys going out on transfer portal. And then we hear nothing for three days. So it's just like, it's, you know, the first to break news. If you can't just say it, just say it. it's the back to the Redskins thing. Like if, if you got big news, you either going to say it or you let it come out. Just shut up. Yeah. Um. So there's Quincy. He's going. The dude loves Virginia Tech more than anybody, more than Frank Beamer. This kid loves Virginia Tech. So it must be tearing him up that he has to leave. But that's going to give him the best opportunity to play with a coach that's worth a crap. So good for him. And I appreciate the comments from the coach of our football team saying good things about him on the way out the door and rooting for him because that's being a good human. So I feel I, I will root for Quincy 
Yeah. If he goes anywhere but one school, and mm-hmm. uh, which I would doubt he would go there. And uh, so that's good. What they also announced for our football team is that we play Clemson next week, which we knew, but we play at 7.30 on ABC. Mm. So I I don't understand that scheduling because I don't know who's going to look at that game next Saturday night with some of the other decent games that are on next Saturday and say, oh, that's the beatdown I want to watch. Like, why won't they watch something that's competitive? Uh, I don't know I'll tell you why. It's Trevor Lawrence in prime time. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, the, what, what put it there really is there's no really – decent ACC games next week. So because the ACC is trash, so they just put their best player up there. Um, best team and player up there. So Clemson's favored by 22. I think that line's low. <laughs> yeah, no, look, we don't endorse gambling on this podcast and I don't gamble, but if I were, there has never been a more sure bet in my life. than Clemson covering that. I mean, if, a lot's got to be different. If we cover that at halftime, I'll be pumped. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like, yeah. here's the thing. Like we laugh. I mean, they did worse to pit just the, this past weekend. Oh yeah. We laugh. This is going to be biblical. I mean, this is going to be watching something get run over by an actual train. Ugly. It's not going to be fun, but speaking of myself, what they did to pit, did you watch the, um, did you notice on ESPN U for a while before the, Virginia Tech basketball game. They had this like Skynet cam, I guess they called it, and it was just watching the game. There was no broadcasters, there was no piped-in crowd noise. You could hear the band great. So I actually watched it cuz I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." Um not the best camera angles all the time, but it was different and I appreciated not hearing the piped-in crowd noise. No, I missed it. I missed it. But uh, maybe they'll do that during I this know- game and I w- I will do that because I want to hear he who shall not be named just screaming for mercy. I just want to hear it. He's also going to get fired. I've, I, I'm telling you, I have never been more certain of anything in my entire life. I, I, I'm not big on the plane watching every, every plane no. that leaves Blacksburg and Roanoke <laughs> to a, a town with a potential coach. Yeah. No, that makes me laugh. I'm not big on that, but some of the, um, patterns that i've seen from that does it 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 looks like maybe we're looking there was one from uh what was it uh norman oklahoma yeah and there was one to cincinnati and but wit has a lot of cincinnati ties he might have just been going to cincinnati for a thanksgiving situation yeah steve i think was the one who said that wasn't yeah yeah yeah. it's funny Uh, yeah plane watching season is hilarious like seeing like Two of the top the three guys that we talked about last week. Uh, there's flights to there, in and out. Like, okay, all right, it's something. I I'm hopeful. Um, there's a lot of rumors swirling about a lot of money being donated in the last week. Um, that's what it, I think. That's what it's going to take for it to happen. So I hope it's true, and I hope I hope I hope I hope I hope I hope. Uh, UVA didn't play this weekend, but they didn't figure that out till Saturday morning because again, a second week in a row, a team playing Florida State flies to Tallahassee or transport, you know, I don't know if gets to Tallahassee. Yeah. And, um, they get there and then it's decided that they're not going to play a little less drama on this one. Cause this wasn't about the opposing team and making decisions and the doctors not getting together Florida state just said, Hey, we had guys fail. We got uh, the failure test. We can't play. We don't have the right numbers and it's, you know, an open situation. Uh, they've already canceled Florida state's game next week. So at mm-hmm. least this won't happen three weeks in a row. Uh, Florida State's definitely having a problem down there. Um, on the nature of that, I will get into that later. 
Um, but that stinks for UVA to not get that game. They're going to play us like in that extra week. So they, they're running out of time to make up any games. I don't know if that game gets made back up. I don't know if it needs to. Bronco um, Mendenhall said he has no desire to play Florida State. The ACC might lean on that a little differently if there's an opportunity for them to play like on the ACC championship Saturday. I, I don't think Only it's, if it's on the ACC network. Say that again. Only if they can put it on the ACC network will they do. Oh yeah, they don't want to put UVA on anything else. <laughs> um, so UVA plays Boston College this week at three thirty. Um, I think that's an interesting game. Boston College is a team that has some, like they're a middle of the road ACC team that has beat some teams and some lost mm-hmm. some teams. So I think I think that game's kind of a toss up in my mind. I looked at the line; it was six and a half. UVA's favored. Um, UVA is playing a lot better than they were a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, so that probably makes sense for that line. Um, so that'll be a game we pick this week. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's gonna be a competitive, pretty good game. I don't, I mean, I'd be surprised if that's a blowout either way. Yeah. I, I think UVA will win that game. If it is a blowout, I think UVA blows Boston college out. I don't think Boston college is capable of blowing anyone out. I just don't think they're good enough. I mean, they're so big on the run game and I think UVA will be able to slow that down. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, not unless they've changed. I mean, when they played Virginia tech, they didn't run the ball. They refused to run the ball. That was the weird part. Shutting it down, man. Uh, yeah, that's something that... One of our few tech. games we played well. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest story, I think, uh, the biggest news story of the weekend for college football, I liked it. Sarah Fuller for Vanderbilt, um, getting the opportunity to come in and kick. Uh, sh- you know, it's a weird story, but um, this wasn't handed to her. This wasn't no. given to her. Yeah. They had no kickers available. They needed to get a kicker. They invited people on campus to come try out. Um, she was on, she's on a girl soccer team. She got back to campus from their championship, uh, you know, SEC championship, I believe they won. And then goes to try out and makes the team and, and practices and, and gets going. It's awesome. I think it's great of all the negative things that 2020 has brought to us and COVID has forced 2020 and COVID has brought us this situation that I think is a great thing. Really happy. My daughters could see that girl kicking on uh, in college football. I'm really happy to see a lot of tweets and Facebook posts um, of people supporting that disgusted at people of how negative they can be in the opposition to that. I don't, I don't get it how this has opposition. I just, it, it amazes me how people are. Yeah. I mean, thing. Uh, you know, does this become, is there going to be a league of, of female football players? No. Not in our lifetime, but does this give more opportunities for people to, not necessarily play football, but just think they can do something that they haven't seen a woman do already. They, it does. So that's great. And, uh, I thought it was great. I thought she handled it. Well, uh, she, you know, very personable and says all the right things. Um, but not out of a, a cookie cutter. She, she felt what she was saying. You could really tell she's really genuine and nice. So, uh, rooting for her. And she says she wants to keep playing, you know, one, just a one week thing for her. And the team seemed interested in still having her around. Uh, their head coach got fired on Monday. So that might, or so, one, one day since then, yeah. uh, Derek Mason. So uh, we'll have to see how all that plays out, but I, I hope the best for her. And I love seeing it. I wish they would have let her kick deep um, instead of doing the squib kick. But, um, and I that's wish, a, I wish Vander a, more. So I wish Vanderbilt would have gotten in scoring position so she could have kicked a field goal or an extra point or, or an extra point. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. I don't mind the squib. Uh, I have no idea how far she can kick a football, but if they thought that well, was the I've way seen, for her to be successful and their team to be successful, and that's what she did perfectly, then take it. There was a highlight that made its way around Twitter today of 
her getting an assist as a goalie in soccer. Basically, she boots it from her own because she's a goalie. So she boots yeah. it from her own goal box all the way to the other opposing goal box, and it's headed in. So she yeah. can boot it. If she can boot a soccer ball, she can boot a football. Yeah. I wish they would have I, let her do that. Maybe Vanderbilt's special teams coverage is atrocious just like the rest of their football team, and that's why they didn't kick it deep. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, in terms of the historic moment, it was very cool to see that. And uh, hopefully, like you I said, mean, hopefully it inspires other SEC people to, see, to watch like, Vanderbilt. I want to see it live. Yeah. Van- that game would have had zero eyeballs outside of Missouri fans yeah. if it hadn't been for that. So um, good for them. Um, before we get to uh, the greatest travesty in the history of college football, let's talk about another funny moment or, well, not that the historic moment was funny, but this was a funny moment from Saturday that I asked if you saw and you said no. Uh, with Nebraska was playing Iowa, and this was just gold. Because in the game, you have Iowa kick a field goal to go up three points at the time, I believe, and break a tie. That was 2020. Well, Scott Frost was screaming his head off, winning a false start penalty. They showed the replay. I didn't see anyone move, but I don't know. Maybe he has super vision. I don't know. But he was screaming, and he's hollering at an official, and the microphone picks it up, and he says, tell me he didn't move. Tell me he didn't move. He's yelling at the official, and the official says he didn't move. And then Scott Frost says, bull bleep, Um, which I thought was hilarious. I busted out laughing. I was like, that's hilarious. And Scott Frost is a clown. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, clown. I, I just love that two of those people who said we absolutely have to do this are probably going to lose their jobs this year because I think they kind of, I know what they're saying. Yeah, I I know what they're saying, but I don't think actual player safety was their motivation for wanting to play. I think in Jim Harbaugh's case, he thought Michigan could win the big 10, which ha ha. Um, in Scott Frost's case, I don't know what he wanted because I knew Nebraska was going to be bad from the gun from the jump. So I don't know, but he is going to lose his job. To be fair, James Franklin, who beat Jim Harbaugh, still might lose his job. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh is going to lose his job, or Scott Frost is going to lose his job. Scott Frost is not losing his job yet. Oh, I don't know. Nebraska is no, really not. bad. He's like the golden boy returning home. They're not going to fire him quick. There, they they're a lost program. Um, this is their last shot at like getting back to what they were like, and and it's probably like it's not looking good. But they, he'll have another year. I mean, he, he's not getting fired yet. If he doesn't win against Purdue or Minnesota, he is absolutely fired. Okay, he'll probably win one of those. So then you, it won't be relevant. But okay, we'll see. Um, now let's talk about crimes against humanity. Him, but... Now let's talk about crimes against humanity. Uh, Cincinnati being number seven in the initial college football playoff rankings is offensive. I mean, that team, what do they have to do? I, this is a bad season for it because they don't have non-conference games that could have helped. I don't know what their non-conference schedule was before COVID. So I, I don't know even if that's relevant. Um, I don't know, man, this happens. This happened to UCF a couple years ago. It, you know, everybody yelled about, um, TCU some years that people yelled about uh Boise State this is the sport like I you I'm not shocked they're sitting right there one of those teams loses they're they're falling into that spot um 
Florida is going to play Alabama again. Um, well, it'll be the first time, but yeah. Well, they still have to, is what I guess I mean. Yeah. A&M already lost to Alabama. Yeah, I don't know. A&M sitting in front of them is the, the bigger of the tragedies. If, if it was just Florida, you wouldn't be saying this. The sixth and the seventh spot makes a big difference in your view here because yeah. A&M doesn't have a terribly tough game ahead of them. They're not going to be in the SEC championship game. So that's that's your problem with it. Um, since he does still have uh, – what do they have? Are they done with hard games? I forget. I, they now. might be done with hard games. Do they get Other it, uh, than the American championship. championship? Yeah, they got to play in the conference championship okay. still. So they'll have that'll be a tough game because that'll be a good game. There. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's it's the sport we live in. It's better than it used to be. I don't know. At least there's some kind of playoff. At least there's some kind of ranking pregame. It's not. Well, Tennessee and Nebraska are both good. Let's make them both national champions you know like at least it's not that anymore at least four teams get in at least not it's not just two at least and before that at least the two actually played each other when the bcs came before that you won your conference you owned that specific bowl game so it just gets better and better maybe one day it'll be better it's not there yet this is what they play in yeah their game against tulsa or temple excuse me got canceled no they do have another tough game left it's it's tulsa okay well win that game and win the american championship and that's that's all they can do yeah, um, and I, I hope they do, because uh, I think they deserve a shot. Will they get annihilated by Alabama? Yes. Will every team who plays Alabama Alabama's get annihilated by... I was going to say, will everyone who plays Alabama this year get annihilated by Alabama? Yes. I've got news for Dabo and his ragtag bunch of dum-dums. They're going to get annihilated by Alabama, too. Alabama is just better. If we're going, if we're having this conversation, I agree. I also think Clemson beats Cincinnati. I also think Ohio State beats Cincinnati. I don't think like, Ohio State. I, I don't think, think it's a guarantee. I think Ohio State might lose to Cincinnati. I don't. Who's Ohio? I, I mean, play two games. They squeaked. They squeaked by the hair of their chinny chin chins against Indiana. I'm just not impressed with Cincinnati's the other side of it. Like there, they have some good. Sp- good spots i just like overall i'm not blown away by like team speed or size or you know getting the running game get when they need from the running game like i've i've seen them in spots like just not be able to convert on third down where like you're gonna have to have that against ohio state and ohio state's gonna have better players than what you're playing so i i just i don't the eye test for me i have at least those three teams in front of them i'm not i'm not going crazy about four, five, and six, I I would tend to think Florida has better athletes. I've seen them play, and I, I don't know. I haven't thought I haven't watched a Florida game since I've really thought about that, but I have paid attention with Ohio State and Clemson and, and Alabama we don't need to talk about, but specifically thinking about, okay, what would Cincinnati do against these guys? I don't think Cincinnati has it, so I'm not going to be too torn up because I don't think they're going to – they wouldn't – we're not cheating them out of winning a national championship because they wouldn't. Okay. They're not as good. I disagree. I think, I think SMU, I think Memphis, I think both of those teams, I think UCF even better than Penn state this year. They absolutely drubbed SMU in Memphis. They had a close game against UCF, but Ohio state had a close game against Penn state. Ohio state had a very close game against Indiana, who I, I don't think is better than Cincinnati. We haven't seen Ohio state play anybody good. Maybe Indiana's good. They're not great. We haven't seen 
Ohio State playing anybody great, and they won't. Because by the way, the rem- the remaining games on their schedule, Michigan State and Michigan, you could combine those teams and they wouldn't beat Cincinnati. I guess like looking at Ohio State, they have the best player on the field with Justin Fields. They have they have the best that- brand name. Let's let's call it what it is. They have the best brand name. That's what it's it is. Justin F- Who's better than Justin Fields? Trevor Lawrence. I think the Alabama, I think the Alabama quarterback on the Cincinnati team. Like, I don't, I don't know. Justin Fields didn't look good against Indiana. I look at the best player on the field between Cincinnati and and Ohio state will be Justin Fields. And then I look at that receiver. That's really good. That seems to catch everything that comes to him wherever it's thrown. I see the size of that offensive line from Ohio State, and I just don't see that offense getting stopped by Cincinnati's defense that allows some of those teams to score decent points on them. I understand in the, in the conference and that Indiana's played tight with them. I think Indiana's come into the season really well prepared and and done some things. We see Ohio. We've seen in the past Big Ten teams play tight games against in conference teams. You see it in the SEC as well. But then in the end, they're still top four teams in the nation and prove it and win a game and go to the national championship or win the national championship. If you're in the SEC, like, I don't know. I, I, it has a better brand. I'm not arguing that, but also when I look at the players on the field and as also the people that are drafting players onto their national football teams are going to do in April, they're going to see more talent. And I, so when I do the eye test, which is looking at talent and playing on the field, I see more at Ohio state than I do Cincinnati. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about the eye test, right? Ohio State scored 38 points against Penn State, right? Indiana scored 36 on Penn State. Maryland scored 35. Nebraska scored 30. Iowa scored 41. So we're doing like the transitive property of the of, uh, 0-5 team? A 1-5 team. But I'm just saying, Ohio State didn't put up any more points on Penn State than these other teams who aren't any good. So when did they take the foot off the gas? When did that guy not go back in the game because he was kind of dinged up and didn't play? Like... I'm not using transitive property. They've played four the games. Team in the conference Ohio year. State has played four games. Okay. okay. I, I Cincinnati's just played eight. And I see, damn, that team's pretty good. And I see Cincinnati, and I'm like, they're they're not as good as that team I just watched. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I'm saying I wish we could settle this on the field. I wish college football wasn't some pansy-ass sport that was afraid to put the big boys were afraid to put their – you know what's on the table and actually stand up to a test better than it used to be. Maybe Duke and UNC should just say, you know what? We're tired of getting in the tournament and getting upset by these mid majors. We're just going to kick them out. No more Gonzaga's to ruin our fun. It's just going to be us and the big 10 and the PAC 12 and the sec and the big 12. That'll be it. We're going to have our own tournament. We'll call it March lame and March light. And then uh, we'll get in there, we'll play a tournament, and we'll just call ourselves the national champion, just like we do in football. When the power conferences break away and form their own conference, which is, will happen sometime, not conference, like own league, that will happen, and you'll have that. I just think, I can't it. believe TV executives be, are this dumb. Talk about on podcast. I just can't believe TV executives are this dumb. Football is the most popular sport. Adding football games is going to equal less money somehow. I, I don't buy it. You can't play as many games as it would take for you to make this happen. Well, then how does every other division of college football have it figured out? And crickets. I forget about the money. And crickets. Well, it's not money because they would make more money if they expanded the playoffs. Game money is what it is. I I did make a bad point. 
It is because uh, I do FCS does do it. So, um, so they would the make more money, money with the bowl games. Tradition of that. It's they would make it's more money, money in money bowl games than a playoff. Is what you're saying? Because I think that's stupid and wrong. I don't mind that a game in September matters right now, and a game for UVA losing to San Francisco last week in basketball doesn't mean crap. But if if Alabama loses to San Francisco in football in in August, that means it wouldn't lot. matter either because Alabama would then run the table in the SEC, and well, UVA their name's Alabama. Their name's now. Alabama, just, and Nick Saban's their coach, and he, he walks on water. We've heard of Alabama football before, so they get in. Games. Now, look, has Cincinnati beat the piss out of two top 25 teams? You bet. But And if they beat the piss out of Tulsa, will it be three? Yeah. But are we going to put them in? No, because, you know, Ohio State really went toe-to-toe with Penn State, and Penn State, you know, that's a school that usually is good, so I guess we'll count them in the usually good. And is they won. Perfect? No, but why are you surprised? Ohio State like, played six this games. This is Florida, Florida lost. Clemson maybe loses to Notre Dame twice, but, you know, Dabo, we've heard of him, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, my gosh, we have to put him in the playoff. Could you imagine? Damn that sun coming up. The sun just comes up, and it just makes me so mad because that sun, just every day, just around the same time, like one minute different every day, just comes up at the same time. You're I'm just saying, stop poo-pooing. Stop this poo-pooing the, the G5, Leland. This Leland, you, sport. you, and people like you that carry this narrative that the small schools don't matter and should never have a seat at the table are the reason they don't have a seat at the table. Okay. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. And when Cincinnati goes out there and when UCF did it to Auburn and beat the piss out of Auburn and rub their face in it, I wish Scott Frost then, instead of just saying he was a national champion, would have went there and said Nick Saban is an absolute coward for not playing us. Because we just beat the breaks off of a team that he couldn't beat. What a coward Nick Saban is. He won't play us on the field to settle a true national champion. What a joke Nick Saban is. And now he's gone to Nebraska and he sucks. So he gets what he deserves. Yeah, he went somewhere where he has a chance to win a national championship. He had a better chance to win a national championship at UCF than he ever does at Nebraska. That school is never going to win a national championship. This is why I told you that Fickle, when offered a big-time job, which I was surprised he turned down Michigan State last year, but Fickle should go to a power conference team. He has a better chance to win a national championship at Cincinnati than he does Virginia Tech. If he goes undefeated in a power conference, he's in in the playoff, period. That's why he should go there. Well, I tell you what, if he goes undefeated at Virginia Tech, you can name the school after him. Oh, we're not getting him. Um, all right. The only game I want to talk about, two games I only would care to talk about, Notre Dame, UNC. I was really hoping for UNC. I was so – No. I, I thought Notre Dame was fake news, and I was so just wanting them to go down. I wanted that little bit of chaos out there to knock them off that path. Because, like – it just seems like these last couple of weeks, even even with Notre Dame beating Clemson, with Clemson down some guys, it just it's I just want a little more craziness than what we got right now. Um, just to to give Cincinnati, honestly, that would help give Cincinnati a chance. No, because then it's just going to piss me off. Some more. of the crazy. It's just going to piss me off more because then they'll find some other reason they can't put Cincinnati in. So I was rooting for UNC, which is very unlike me. UNC hung with them well, tied at seventeen and a half. Notre Dame pulled away. I was disappointed with that. Um, you got anything there? Yeah, I'm rooting for Notre Dame to win the ACC now. I hope they kill Clemson. 
North, that would be good for you. Northwestern, uh, I was disappointed they lost to Michigan State. I, I was hoping Northwestern could stay undefeated as long as possible, create some more nope, of those bigger this is games. Great. Um, it'll still be a big game when they play Ohio State, but it won't be the same. So I was disappointed. No, nah, it'll that. be even better if they beat Ohio State and just totally yeah. blow a giant hole and sink that battleship that the Big Ten has that Ohio State has some great power. But you know what will happen, Leland? You know what will happen? Ohio State will still be in the playoff. You know why? Because their name's Ohio State. Wasn't it Ohio State that got left out a couple years ago? They got left out at five? No, like they got put in ago. when they didn't even play in the Big Ten championship the first year. That's what happened. It was some year they got left out, I think. Because um, they didn't win the Big Ten, probably. Well, yeah, they didn't win the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, the other problems Big Ten has is a lot of problems. Ohio State did not play. Or they're, they're pausing league activities right now. Michigan, who's ahead of Ohio State on the schedule, also paused with activities. Ohio State needs every game they can have. Otherwise, they'll be in the problem that Wisconsin is and not having enough games and if they to be can't, qualified. If they don't qualify for the Big Ten Championship, that should be a thing that disqualifies them from the playoff. If you can't play in your conference championship, you haven't played enough games to earn a spot in the national football playoff. Stay that home. hasn't been stated yet uh, or previously. Oh, it absolutely. Ohio State could have not played a game this year and they would have been put in the playoff. Please. The big notes that the Big Ten is having that I have a problem that I, that it concerned me. Minnesota has shut down their activities because 40 positive tests in 10 days. And well, but then, I thought football didn't have I thought it was impossible for football to spread COVID. That's what I had heard. Are you telling me that's not actually medically correct? That the people I, on Twitter are actually not if, medical if doctors. The sentence I just said, like, is a direct response to that. Um, because these guys could just be practicing together, like all these other schools that have. Well, but wouldn't that be football? But wouldn't that be football related then? <sighs> yeah, I don't know why you're arguing with me on this, man. I agree with you on COVID. I don't know. <laughs> like, look, I'm, I'm just like, trying to help. With me? I'm just trying to help part. the people that say you know sports don't spread COVID. They've stopped listening to us a long time ago, man. Good. I don't, I don't know. Good. You and you know what? Don't come back. You're idiots. I don't have time for idiots. Indiana lost their quarterback. I feel sorry for them on one of their better seasons, even with the loss uh, that they had two weeks ago. They could still have a really top year. This is going to hurt them. They still have tough games against Wisconsin this coming week. Is that game still on? I don't know. They canceled. Big Ten canceled some game today. I missed that. Um, so I feel sorry for them there. So a lot of problems in the Big Ten. But of the big games coming up this weekend, um, the biggest one for for talk, uh, I don't think as applies for the college football playoff, but game days go in there. Uh, it's two teams that have a lot of wins on the season. Undefeated Coastal Carolina hosting Liberty, who only has their one loss. They're out of the mix of the undefeated powers or uh, New Year's Six kind of game season. But they could be, play spoiler to Coastal Carolina or um, be a part of the story of Coastal Carolina going undefeated for a season. That's why game day is going to be there talking about it. They play at 2 p.m. on ESPNU, and uh, that is going to be an interesting matchup. In the afternoon, that's probably one of the top matchups this coming weekend looking at the games around. Yes. Uh, to answer your previous question, Northwestern Minnesota is the game that was canceled. Okay. Wisconsin-Indiana, as of this recording, is still on. Um <laughs> Yes. Check your local listings. Yeah, check your local <laughs> listings and Twitter for more. Yeah, I'm excited for this Liberty Coastal game. Yeah. Let's go Coastal. I'm glad game day is recognizing that Coastal's actually a good football team. Wish they would go to Cincinnati and talk about it. Yeah, they've been to JMU before. 
Um, so that's the games next week. Obviously, UVA, Boston College play, like we talked about, Virginia Tech and Clemson. Um, so those are kind of the games we pick in. Joe and I had a conversation. We tried to figure out where we were on picks that we've been on, doing on Twitter uh, since shortly before Halloween, and we're even. So this is the final stretch. we got the December stretch, and we'll go into bowl games, whichever bowl games get played. Uh, we will pick them, and, or maybe not every bowl game, but we'll pick a lot of games and try to uh, determine a winner here. Um, of that note, the Sun Bowl got canceled, uh, so that's one less ACC tie. Uh, and you brought up the point talking to me the the bowl streak's over Virginia Tech. I have accepted that thought. Yeah, I just it's want done. a correction. So um, it's it's where it is. It's just figures for a team that's gone to twenty seven. How many straight bowl games have we been to? A bunch. Almost and, thirty. Uh, yeah, we'll just say the almost most 30. in the nation. And it figures on the year that everybody's eligible will be the year that we don't make a bowl game. That's that's <laughs> ironic. Well, he who he shall not be named won't be around to celebrate and make it two years in a row. So Hopefully so. NFL, uh, the games that caught my eye. The Browns are 8-3. and three. That I, I said it a couple weeks ago when they were something in one. I think 3-1 and one or whatever they were. I was sure. like, these, these Browns aren't as the usual Browns, and they're winning. And this is what they wanted to do last year, and they thought they had the talent to do last year. This year they're putting it together playing a hard division and they still got some division games down the stretch here, but good for them for winning. I don't like them, but good for them for winning. And, um, you know, Baker Mayfield gets a lot of talk and, uh, he's playing solid, solid football at that position this year. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Um, they definitely rely on their, uh, run game, which is smart. I mean, I think their coach this year, the, the, uh, difference is their coach this year is using the run game versus last year where, for whatever reason, it was the passing game doesn't seem to be working. Let's keep passing. Um, so it's so, Odell Moore. Yeah, um, but I, they're going to make the playoffs. So good for Cleveland Browns fans, I guess. Um, and you're hoping for three teams out of the North to make it then. <sighs> Do you want to skip the rest of the games that were played and just go on? Because I've got something to say about that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So we still we still we don't have a game to talk about because it hadn't been played yet. Yeah, but I'll just say this, and you're gonna think I'm just, you know, not being serious, but I am 100 percent serious. I don't care what the Ravens do from here on out. I I just literally do not care. I am over it. I, I'm done. This whole week has just been forcing the Broncos to play with no quarterbacks, and sitting there with the Ravens having 20 people on the COVID list and another like 13 on the injured reserve at one point. So 55 people make up an active NFL roster over well over half of that is ineligible at one point for this game. And the NFL is like, Oh, let's just, you know, move the game a day or two and see what happens. Let's move the game a day or two and see what happens. Should be fine. I player safety. It's always been stupid to say it, but player safety has never nor will ever be the primary concern for the National Football League. And I know it's shocking to find out that an outbreak has happened among a group of people who, until they finally got exposed in the public media light of day, tried to tell us that football had no relation to brain injuries, I know it's hard for people that still believe that to some extent that work in the NFL are now having a problem 
handling a pandemic. Who could have guessed? But this is where we are. And this is why when the NFL is like, look, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. And now it's not working. And the NFL is like, well, we're going to make it work anyway. It doesn't matter. Broncos, go out there without a quarterback. Uh, Ravens, just play. Just shut up and play. Now it's Wednesday at 340. Good news is, because the game's at 340, most of America won't see how much of an absolute bleep show this game's going to be. If they had played this game tomorrow night, if they played this game Wednesday night, I would not watch it. It would be basically watching the Ravens preseason squad go out there and play. I don't watch the Ravens during preseason. Why am I going to do it now? Watching a bunch of backups and third stringers and people who were on the reserve roster get called up just so we have enough people to fill out a roster. I'm not interested in that. And the NFL should be concerned that their product in the Denver-New Orleans game was diluted to the point where it was unwatchable and that this game would be the same thing. I think two our two running backs get to come back off the COVID list because they didn't test positive. They were just close contact with Lamar Jackson, who did test positive. But your product has been so diluted, and you're still so, so keen on chasing that almighty dollar that you're willing to let your product suffer on the field and on national television for the sake of a buck. I don't see why they haven't just postponed this game. I don't see why they didn't postpone the Broncos either and just say it's at the end. Well, like, there, was, there was positive cases for notable athletes and players around the league this week. The yeah, smart thing, both- and they shut down facilities at every team. Why not just say, you know what? Oopsies, our bad. Thanksgiving Day games, we're in. Cool beans. We got that national television money. Everything else shut down. And we'll move it. Everybody gets a buy this week. We'll move it. Sealer fans, that seems to be the only thing they their mind is focused on is they don't have a bye week, even though they technically did have a bye week. They just forget about I, it. I don't I don't have any disagreement. Move, the fans can shut move, hell up. You get a second bye week now, Sealers fans, because you've apparently forgotten and had amnesia during week four when you had a bye week. But we'll move it to the end of the this week, week twelve to week eighteen or whatever you want to call it, and everybody gets this week off and we reset things. That would have been the smart thing to do for the for the sake of your product, but that's not what they chose to do. And said, uh, "Forget it. We'll play anyway." And this is what we're stuck with. Yeah, I don't see why they haven't done that yet. I don't know what they think they're giving up in January if they move those playoff weeks one week and keep the Super Bowl the same week and just don't have that two week buy before the Super Bowl. Right now, you have that built in. Just do that. You think you're going to have less people watching one week difference in January? Like. They're coming anyway to watch the next week anyway. Like the only week you're worried about that you wouldn't have viewers is that last uh, AFC and NFC championship games. Those are the highest rated games other than the Super Bowl in the season. Like people are going to watch. I just don't understand why they are not doing that. I don't understand. I don't even understand financially, like why they're not doing that. Just just push it there. You might end up giving a, some teams a bye week going into playoffs. That's only going to increase your quality of product for those teams that get that buy and, and it's just call it what it is. Like if it's unequal to make the Steelers and Ravens play that week and not the Browns, I don't care. This is 2020. It ain't equal. Not everybody's getting the same amount of COVID cases. It's not equal. So you just deal with it. I, I don't know. And then everybody would play and everybody would have it. I don't know. I just, we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I don't, I don't see what's forced that this game to, you know, late Monday gets, move to Wednesday. If it plays Wednesday, I'll be kind of surprised at this point. I think at some point, I I don't know. 
I don't well, you're know. hoping that nobody tests positive again. Refusing to play and that I am all for. Situation. I am all for that. Bring it down to the ground. Yeah, you don't want to watch your team play the rest of the season. Make it all go away. Burn it down to the ground. That's what I want. Yeah, it'd be terrible for the league. I'm taking my Steelers fandom out of it. It'd just be terrible, terrible for the league for that to happen. Oh, I don't Forfeit, care about the league. The league's already. The league has already shown that it's not worth caring about. If that results in a forfeit, neither play players on both teams don't get paid. So no way the players are going to let that be the case. It's just it's crazy. Uh, the football team played uh, the one that plays in Washington and they won for the second straight week. They went against Dallas, the season sweep of Dallas. So uh, the football team fans were very happy Thursday night and over the weekend. And um, that's nice. They're still terrible in a terrible division. And I know they were leading it there for a minute. Well, it still are until the Eagles um, potentially win or, or not. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not excited for them. I, people forget it wasn't that long ago. They were in the playoffs with RG three and the future and everything. They forget the height of every, what everybody thought that was going to be. RG three didn't pan out. He, he didn't pan out, but you were better then. And that wasn't so long ago that, you know, that wasn't decades ago. This, that wasn't 1988 when that happened or 1992 when, it, when you won the last Super Bowl. it's been since then that you've been in the playoffs with a decent enough team. This isn't that. So, I'm glad two wins is exciting. You're four and seven. Yeah. The good news, they play the Steelers, who are obviously at such a disadvantage uh, with not having had a bye week this season that maybe they can jump up and beat them because the Steelers are obviously just going to be so decimated after playing the Baltimore Ravens JV football team that they won't be po- it won't be possible for them to be ready to play the Washington football team. If I'm to, if I'm to believe uh, what is being said on Twitter. Yeah. The game's already been moved to Monday, but still Leland. I mean, what is that? (sighs) Four days, four days rest Leland. Oh my gosh. They're going to be in a physical matchup with the junior varsity, Baltimore Ravens. And then the NFL expects them to go play the junior varsity, varsity, Washington football team. Unfair. Ugh. Unbelievable. The other note I wanted to come out of that with the football team is that Logan Thomas uh, threw a good-looking pass. He caught a touchdown pass. He had a good-looking game. I, I just wish Virginia Tech could have had him at, at tight end. That's what he came to Virginia Tech to play. That's why he chose Virginia <laughs> yeah, Tech, so he could play tight end. And then we had no quarterbacks, and we had to put him at quarterback. And I know he wasn't the greatest quarterback, I did appreciate that he always. I I actually liked Logan Thomas a lot because I because I, I knew about him well before he came to Tech, coming from Brookville, and um, so I was always a fan of him. And then when he's quarterback, I, I always liked the way he battled, and um, he wasn't the greatest, but I, I liked the kid, and so I'm happy to see him have success in the NFL. I just I think he could have had more if we just would have kept him at tight end his, his whole career, like he wanted to. But uh, it says a lot about his character that he takes on the challenges that are thrown at him. So I was glad on a spotlight game, he had a big game. That was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always happy when Logan Thomas has a good game. I just, I don't read into it so much, but that Virginia know, tech I... team could have been so special if we would have had a quarterback those years. God. 
that's what's you know what's aggravating when you look end. back at just the amount of talent we had when he was quarterback and even Brian Randall who wasn't like a terrible quarterback but you look at the receivers he had and you're like god why could we not figure this out no oh well. uh, the, the Lions fired Patricia not a shocker what's a shocker is Adam Gase is still with the Jets like why they're like, not gonna fire him before the end of the year golly what if they hire someone and he does something stupid and wins a game you think the Jets are actively trying to win a game right now? I just it's embarrassing. Ask them if it's embarrassing when they draft Trevor Lawrence. The COVID is not only a college football thing. Obviously, the NFL and the Ravens are hit, but also the 49ers, um, not as much of a problem with their on-team test positive, but Santa Clara and uh the immediate areas there in California are not allowing contact sports to occur on on anywhere for any reason. Uh, so that means the 49ers can't play. Also means Stanford can't play. Stanford has got to find a new home to play some home football games. 49ers already found a home. They're going to play down in Arizona. Their schedule does not conflict with the Cardinals for the rest of the season, but at least the next two home games, uh, the 49ers will be playing in Arizona. Uh, it's weird, but it's 2020. Yeah, player safety's first, though. So um, I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm done with the NFL if you are. Cool. Okay, it is time for us to talk about ourselves more than we already do during the <laughs> first portions of the podcast. And Leland, I'll toss it to you first. What is dominating your life? I am going to do a little reoccurring segment here for the dominating my life for the next month. And it's just talking about my favorite Christmas movies. I think last year we kind of went over a list of movies that we liked. I'm just going to talk about them a little more in depth uh, just because I want to. And so Christmas movies for the month is what I'm calling it. And Elf is first. The 2003 movie made by Jon Favreau. Jon Favreau also the um, lead guy on the Mandalorian series. Uh, so there's some tie to what we were talking about last week. He's been a part of a lot of uh, good uh, producing good movies being made also acts in a lot of them and others. I, I won't say any spoilers, but I will never call him that continue. Um, we, I like the movie uh, a lot, uh, because it really tries to buy into like the old reindeer or old Rudolph and, and Frosty the snow or, um, not Frosty snowman, but Rudolph. And what's the other like claymation one, um, that I'm just not, Basically, Rudolph, because um, okay. I'm blanking on uh, the other one that's out there. But uh, the one with the heat miser and snow miser, and yeah, uh, what is that one? Yeah, see, story but, uh, of Chris Kringle or something it, like that. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it plays into that that vibe, like that. The North Pole is very along those lines, um, and it's uh, Will Ferrell, and he's a he's a regular human, not a not an elf, and um, that probably is sounds bad the way I phrase that, wow. uh, but he, <laughs> he gets raised at the North pole, uh, but then kind of gets thrown back into the real world and, and trying to find his real dad and then finds him and, and you know, hilarity ensues. I really like the movie. It's always one of the first ones I watch at, in the Christmas season. Like, you know, that first night we're, you know, setting up a tree or putting decorations out. Like it's always my, the one I go to first. Cause I just, I don't know the, the music and the, and the vibe of it. So positive. Um, particularly in the front half. And uh, it's funny. There's my favorite moments. 
uh, where like he's just um, he's about to get ready to go find his dad and he's really nervous and the way the Norwal comes up out of the water and he's like bye buddy hope you find your dad like it's just so funny and then he's like walking all eagerly across the street and just gets blasted by a taxi cab <laughs> it's just like his uh, no awareness of what New York City is and then also like some of the nice moments uh, where uh, um who becomes his love interest and it's played by Zoe Deschanel. They're doing a uh, baby. It's cold outside back and forth. Uh, she doesn't really realize he's seen in a lawn until the end. It's always a funny moment in the movie. So we always enjoy watching that a lot and uh, a lot of good people in it. And uh, that's one of my favorites. I, you know, it came out in 03. Uh, I just remember in college just kind of, I like entire winter breaks. Like I just kind of watched that one over and over. Um, I just like it. It's it's my favorite probably Will Ferrell movie, and that's putting it up against like Wedding Crashers and Anchorman and all those things that he's made. I like Elf the best. I just think um, they played right into him, and that's because John Favreau knew what he who he had in, in them. They had worked together a lot, so I, I like that movie. Uh, one of, one of my favorites, not my favorite, but one of my favorites. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I like Elf, but that's interesting that you went. You know, favorite favorite. One of my favorites. Uh, it's like in my top five. Okay. Well, what is dominating my life uh, has been total first world problems. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just, for me, it's too early for Christmas movies. You're just so dismissive tonight. <laughs> it's just too early for Christmas movies for me. It's just. Oh, I have to fight it off in November. I, I, yeah, I'm aware. I Look, it's it it's better. Now. It's better now. I can at least accept it. Like, right. I mean, we haven't like totally disrespected Thanksgiving by waiting until after Thanksgiving to start them, but it's still too early for me. I, I like two weeks out. I'll start Christmas stuff. Like before that, I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. Um, but speaking of Christmas and first world problems, it's that time of year where people are like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for? I don't know. Let, let me just if you're listening to this and you're wondering what to get me for Christmas, because you're one of the poor people that has to buy me something for Christmas. Just know I don't know what I want for Christmas. I have no idea. It's the same thing every year. I don't know. I have a pet peeve along those lines. Uh, I don't like when people ask me what to get me. I don't yeah. like if you well, don't and know, see, because like I try to throw them. I try to throw them options because I want to be surprised. I still want the surprise. I don't want to know what's coming because otherwise just ship I, it to me. And I have the family members, and so then people ask me, like, oh, what should I get your wife? What should I get the kids? And I'm just like, I don't know. We all like Legos. Let's let's go. I don't you know. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> a million dollars. I don't know. Like, just. Bags of money. I don't. Yeah, a sack of money <laughs> that was preferably legally obtained. Yeah. So it's a, that gets on my nerves. It's, it, again, it is a first world problem. There's a lot worse problems in the world. Um, but, yeah, when it gets to that point, it's almost like, let's just not exchange gifts. You know, like if you can't figure it out for me, I'm fine. We we just roll. I'll spend that much less money on you and you'll spend that much less money on me and we'll all be happy because wow. we'll just hang out. I'm so big on the presence. I, I, presence of Christmas, like spending time with people. I know this year might be a little tough for that, but in general, I'm I'm so big on that that I just I that's why I like Thanksgiving the best because it oh, is I... a lot of the good stuff from Christmas, the, the food, the meetups, the time away from work. But it's no presents. There's not the stress of buying this stuff. It just, I like it better. 
See, I don't mind the buying of stuff. Like, I don't mind spending my money for other people. It's just I hate when people are like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. I hate when there's a list. Like, we got to get some for, like, these 15 people. It's like, it's just draining. Like, it's a task. It's not a, like, if it's just buying something for my wife that I know she likes, that's great. That's fine. But you know you're going to get a gift from this person. You got to be ready to have a gift back for them because, like, you don't want to just take and not get. Like, it, it just it does add up. It just adds up. Nah, I don't know about that. But anyway. Uh, I do. I live it. Good for you. <laughs> what I know that you need to know is the Champions League is back this week. We go into another Champions League break where Leland shuts off the uh, – earphones and stops listening to me for a little bit until he sees my mouth stop moving but the the interesting part about this is liverpool in the premier league table is just tied with tottenham and at the top 10 matches through a 38 match long season uh and that's because we 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 drew with uh brighton and hove albion which is not a great result there uh but injuries are piling up for Liverpool because of the congested schedule and it's it's a mess. But anyway, back to the Champions League because that's what we're talking about this week. For Liverpool, it's a big match against Ajax, which is the team from the Dutch League. They play in the Netherlands in Amsterdam, so it's or excuse me, actually that match is at Liverpool. So lucky us. It'll be well, at you Anfield. Could say whatever you want right here about who they play and when and no one's going to tweet us until you're wrong. So well, but I want to be correct for, you know, our loyal <laughs> listeners there at Shando Awards and Apparel that listen dutifully every week. We thank you for your listening and uh, appreciate it very much. Our numbers are Rob actually smaller. Grammy's listening right now? Well, Grammy might not be, but Rob is, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Rob loves these soccer updates. That's It's a podcast for one at this point. But <laughs> Liverpool plays Ajax in a big match in Group D. They kind of need to have that. Needs to be a win after the drubbing they took from Atalanta last week. Group C, which is Rob's team, uh, that's Manchester City. They play Porto. That's a matchup of the one and two teams in Group C. That'll be interesting. That match is in Portugal, home of FC Porto. The other interesting group to watch is Group B. Borussia Mönchengladbach. They lead the group right now ahead of Real Madrid, which is a total surprise. Real Madrid plays Shakhtar Donetsk, which, I mean, Yikerbo Bikers for Real Madrid and Shakhtar because last time these two teams played, Real Madrid totally, totally crapped the bed when they lost 3-2 to two to Shakhtar. Now they have to go to Shakhtar. And ugh, I don't know. I kind of... I can't, you know, I, I would never bet on Shakhtar. I think they're going to get drubbed. I think Real Madrid will figure it out and beat them. But the other question there is going to be, can Mönchengladbach beat Inter Milan and hold on and win that group when they have to play Real Madrid again? If they can, it's a huge, huge upset, and it would mean Real Madrid has to go a very tough road in the knockout stage to get to that uh, Champions League final, which I don't like them in if they have to come out of that group second. So that's what you have to look forward to this week. Uh, group H is going to be interesting with Man United, PSG, and RB Leipzig as well. But uh, I think the bigger story right now is in Group B. All right, has your mouth stopped moving yet? What do you know that we need to know, Leland? <laughs> 
what I know that you need to know, I'm picking up from uh, where I was this summer with uh, mostly what has dominated my life back then uh, with a documentary type uh, film for everyone to go watch. I really recommend this. Full out recommend everybody in your house go watch this movie because it is called HBO, The Soul of America. It was released, I think, back in October. And it's John Meacham, who's a famous author um, who wrote a book by the same name. Um, and he uses history to explain just where we are today in a really straightforward way and very like makes those linear direct comparisons. And, um, you know, everybody keeps talking and this is outside of the pandemic. Like this is, um, political history and, and history, you know, history, it's hard to separate politics and history. It's just, that's, that's what it's focused on. The pandemic is a beast of its own. We're not going there on, on this, but a lot of the racial stuff, a lot of the political stuff, um, um, for for civil rights, for women's suffrage, for um, just behavior at the top, um, bipartisan working, bipartisan not working, um, just a lot of the stuff that people say. Well, this is this is the most it's ever been, or worst, or best, or. Um, these people are held back more than, you know, there's these direct comparisons back in time where like all of those statements pretty much can be said, no, like we've had major problems in the past. And, um, I'm not saying I didn't know about any of this stuff before. I think I, you know, I went through school. I learned about all these different things as we went through school, but the way it was presented comparing it today, I thought was really helpful to better understand where we are today. And also uh, to better understand like what the, what the future from this could be, um, whether you think it's going to be great or going to be terrible, or if your opinion of that flipped upside down in the last two months, none of us are right. <laughs> this movie kind of sheds a better light on all of this to really, uh, to make you better understand this. I, it makes me want to read the book to get even more detail about it. Uh, I was unaware of the book to be honest, but the movie is basically this guy sit down interview talking to Chris Meacham, but then also him doing um, public speaking events at colleges around the country, including JMU. And um, it's just really an interesting way to look at today's events uh, in comparison to the past. I really recommend it. It's rated PG. Uh, so I think young, young people that can grasp this, um, maybe not quite kids my age, uh, kids that are my kids' age, um, but, you know, middle schoolers, definitely should be watching this and really understand where we're sitting and, and what it all means. So I can't recommend it more. Um, it's it's swift, moves right through it, and really doesn't just lay on um, personal political opinions. There's some there. Um, you'd be surprised of the history of some of the people that supply those, of where they stood previously with their political views. But um, it's, it's interesting. I, I think all everybody could watch this and not be highly offended. I think it could either give them, you know, hope or better understand or, um, or, you know, I, I think really, I think as Americans, we could be watch this and everybody could kind of be hopeful of where we're going. So, um, it also as a reminder, we've done some terrible things as a country in the past, like worse than what we, anything we're doing now. So that's always a, a friendly reminder of that. <laughs> Well, great. Like the debate about Nazis back back then. Like, I, yeah. Well, that's seeing Madison Square Garden full of Nazi Nazi rally people was was not a good feeling <laughs> from back then. So, 
Wow, that sounds like a great pick me up for the holiday season. After but overall, though, like I came away with it positive. Like I felt better watching it, and I thought there was a lot of positive things in it. Mm. So, all right, so let's get out of here, and so we can get come back next week. I don't want to talk all the way until next Monday when we record again. Um, hopefully. Actually, I don't hope. I, I was going to say hopefully the Steelers and Ravens play by then. I hope they haven't. I hope the NFL pushes it to the end and wisens up because uh, that would be better, but I'd be kind of surprised if they do. Um, but we'll talk about whatever's happened with the Steelers-Ravens because that both uh, usually matters to us. I guess you've given up on the Ravens, so that 6-4 and four team is just too bad for you. Um, but if you have things to say to Joe about – uh, any of the things that he was adamant about this week and or anything that I said that was obviously stupid and shouldn't have been talked about, follow us at Yak Sports Pod and communicate us with there on Twitter or Facebook. Yaksportspod at gmail.com is also a way to get a hold of us. Subscribe to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify and tell your friends that we are talking about the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan, and that we will be here when high school sports are back. And until then, be talking about uh, the possibility of that as well as all the pro sports that you guys care about. And we'll be back next week to do just that. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.